Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I've actually called this episode How to Design a Home Without an Architect. And whenever I use titles like that, I tend to get angry emails from my architectural colleagues who'll tell me that I'm doing a disservice to the industry and I should be instead sharing how important architects are and endorsing their use. Fun, 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 hey? They do get, they do get angry, though, and I do get angry emails. Um, but I do want you to stay tuned because whether, whether you're a homeowner or you're someone in the industry, this is going to be a special episode. I'm going to be sharing some key tips about home design, whether you're using an architect, a building designer, a draftsperson, you're designing your new home or renovation yourself, you're going to find this super helpful. And if you're listening to this episode at or near the time of its release, you're going to be excited to hear some fantastic news that I have to share as well. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Now, before I kick off the episode, as I said, if you are listening to this on or in the days after it's released, there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention to you. Now, the first is that I'm kicking off a free five-day home design challenge on the 29th of January, where over five days, I'll be taking you through the best way to get started on your home design. So whether you're designing your new home or renovation yourself, or you're working with a professional, across five days, I'm going to teach specific ways to ensure you make the most of your site, that you create a home that really works for you and your family, and that you get it right in its layout and design. So you can head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash challenge to join now. And it doesn't matter if we're a few days in, you'll be able to catch up uh, and, you know, learn the steps and the information that I'm sharing across those five days. Now, secondly, I also wanted to let you know that a six week live round of home design masterclass is now open to join. Look, so often I get people contacting me asking if I can look over their designs or make suggestions for their renovation or new home. And as my one-to-one design services were getting completely booked up months and months in advance, I got really frustrated that I couldn't help more people in this way. And so in 2019, I created Home Design Masterclass to teach my methods of home design and to help homeowners who were working on their floor plans either by themselves or with someone. Now, this course is how you can access the help and guidance that you need, as well as really empower yourself to understand how to design a home that works and feels great. From looking at the overall site through you know, analyzing each room, understanding how to put it all together, the exterior and the roof form and all the details within it, I've created Home Design Masterclass to provide you with a how-to of floor plan design, as well as my own work and examples to help fast start your own design. Look, it was amazing to watch members who joined the first live round last year really progress and resolve their designs and take them from early ideas through to fantastic working floor plans, learning their best techniques and strategies along the way and seeking my input and ideas as well. It was just insane to see what they were capable of when they had the information, the tools 
that they needed. So if that sounds like something that would help you in your home design, head to howtodesignahome.com and you'll learn more about it and be able to see how you can join. The spots for design reviews though, they're super limited because they're all done by me personally as I review, draw over your designs, give you verbal feedback. So if that's something that you're keen to access, make sure you be quick uh, so that you can grab a spot. Now let's get on with the episode. So let me say up front to all my architectural colleagues that are ready to lynch me for teaching homeowners how to design like an arch, uh, design a home without an architect. It's okay, I get it. You know, the stats vary on how many homes are actually designed by architects. Uh, there's various sources citing anywhere from three to 10% of total homes. There's other site, uh, stats that will sta- cite that a that building designers actually design 75% of residential homes. And to be frank, what I see inside Undercover Architect is just how many homeowners, you know, whether they're planning on using a professional or not, they start their process by drawing up and playing with their own floor plans. Lots of homeowners out there, you're, you're designing your new home or your renovation yourselves, and then you're taking that straight to a builder and you're leaving designers out of it completely. You're just getting somebody to draft things for planning and for building approvals. So, you know, there's loads of apps that I see people using to to design their homes. I've seen some homeowners even train themselves in how to use various drawing and CAD tools generally used by the industry. So there's, you know, architects who are specialising in residential design, this can all feel very scary. You know, I'll be frank though, I, I do believe that homeowners are best served by working with a design professional when creating their new home or renovation design. It can be so helpful and it can totally expand what's possible for your home and your lifestyle, you know, and the type of life that you'll lead in your home if you do work with someone. But that someone has to be experienced. They have to be trained properly in design. You know, ideally they're legally liable for the advice that they provide. So you've got some recourse if they mislead you. And, you know, they're they're required to do professional continued training in order to, to maintain their professional status. All of those things are super important in the kind of design professional that you work with. But even as an architect, I understand that architects are not for everyone. And I actually see homeowners avoiding working with any type of design professional. And they do this for many reasons. And they can include that, you know, they feel like the designer will only design what the designer wants. And it might be that it's a particular style or, you know, I hear homeowners saying they're only designing a building to win awards with, or it's just something that the designer's personally attached to. Homeowners also feel that the designer is going to force opinions on them about what they're supposed to have in their home. Uh, they sometimes worry that the designer won't listen to them and that they'll lose control of the visions and the dreams that they have for their own home. And other homeowners are worried that a designer is only going to design an expensive home and not stick to the budget that they've got. And, you know, there's been lots of times where homeowners said to me, look, I've just heard there's so many problems out there and uh, I'm just not going to risk it. So I think that with, you know, as with any profession, there are those that are really great at what they do and then there are those who are not so great at what they do, but they still get to run a business, you know, charge people money, offer services. And I've seen architects fail their clients and I've seen homeowners have a, who have a really keen understanding of home design do a, a brilliant job with designing their own floor plans. And then I've seen everything in between. And I've seen homeowners who will swear by using an architect or a designer again and again and again, because they've had such an amazing experience. Uh, But, you know, the bad news always travels so much faster and further. So what I am seeing is though, above all things, what I'm seeing time and time again, is that regardless how 
homes have been designed, whether it was with a professional or not, people are still building homes and renovating homes with floor plan designs that just won't work, that just are not going to deliver the types of homes and lifestyles that they're dreaming of. And this happens on all budgets in all locations. Now, I spend a fair bit of time online in forums and Facebook groups. I see how people are creating their homes, you know, both the process that they're going through and the types of designs that they're creating. And some of the designs I see really concern me because I can see how they're going to create homes that are uncomfortable to live in, that are expensive to heat and cool, they're going to lack flexibility for family life over the long term, and that completely waste the opportunities that are available for both the site and the budget that that is being used to create that home. So it can be really common. I see this a lot. Homeowners get really caught up in worrying about the finishes, the builder that they're going to choose, the quality of construction they're going to get. One thing I know for sure is this though, you can have a home with all the high-end finishes, all the bells and whistles built by the most amazing builder that you love and get along with really well to the highest quality you know imaginable. But if you have still have a terrible design, you know, you can have all of those things and you can still have a terrible design. It's not like your builder is some kind of auditor who's going to ensure that your design works. You can still have a fantastic build with the most amazing finishes and have a terrible design and you you will be you'll be ruining like you'll just it'll just be a horrible home to live in on a day-to-day basis. So I firmly believe that those lines on a page, the drawings that you're either creating with someone or by yourself, you know, they're going to dictate how you get to live in and beyond your home, how that home's going to feel and function for years and years to come. And I think it can be the most most frustrating and slow part of the process uh, for homeowners to deal with the design phase. Um, Whether they're renovating or building, this is something I see people get really impatient with the design phase overall. And I think this happens for a few reasons, but the main one I think is that, especially if you are working with a designer, Um, You know, you can sometimes find that it might take six months or more to get through the design phase, all the toing and froing and the looking at the options and the making the final decisions. And, you know, this can be before your lodging plans to council. You can be, you know, even starting your construction documentation. And if you're doing that, if you're going through that sort of long-term phase of those, the you know, toing and froing and the looking at the floor plans and the making decisions about whether, you know, the room should be that big or that big, whether things should be arranged the way that they are. And you're doing that whilst you don't really understand how to read floor plans or how to visualize what those floor plans are going to mean in terms of three-dimensional spaces and, you know, in terms of how your finished home is going to look and feel, then I've seen homeowners feel really out of their comfort zone. And really desperate for that to all just be over and for things to be moving on. And unfortunately, that race ahead approach, it can be really a risk. It can be just such a recipe for disaster once you get on site, because you'll start to see things getting built that you just didn't expect. And, you know, they won't look like you wanted them to, or you don't feel that they work the way that you had hoped or dreamed of. And then that's when change gets expensive or difficult to accommodate. And it chews up loads of money and time. And it causes heaps of stress for all involved. So 
Is it possible to design your home without an architect? Well, in a lot of places around the world, and especially in Australia, it definitely is. In fact, in Australia, the only part of the process that you actually need a professional for is to prepare your approval drawings because there's certain benchmarks that you need to meet in order to satisfy and present your plans for council and building approval. I've said you know, before, drawings are language of the industry, and so you need somebody who knows how to speak the language of the industry. But however you're planning to or you're currently creating your design for your new home or renovation, and whether you're working with a professional or not, I did want to share some key ways to approach and work through your design process so that you do get it right, so that you can make sure that this happens if you're designing your home yourself, or you can keep your designer accountable to providing this level of service to you as they work with you. So, There are three main investigations that I see missing from the design process when a homeowner does it themselves or when they work with a professional who doesn't use a holistic design approach. And remember I said earlier the three the things that happen when a home isn't designed well you know that it means that the home will be uncomfortable to live in it'll be expensive to heat and cool it'll lack flexibility for the family life over the long term and it'll completely waste the opportunities available for the site and the budget so when certain investigations don't happen during the design process it's unfortunately more more likely to end up with a home that just won't work. And if you don't include these three things, these these three methods of examination or investigation, then you completely miss crucial information to inform your design with, okay? So let me take you through these three main investigations now so that you can understand more about them. So the first thing that I often see missing from the design process when a homeowner tackles it themselves or when I see certain designers or drafts people also design a new home or renovation process is this one. There's not an investigation of the best design strategy before starting the design process. So traditionally when a homeowner or even some design professionals start the design process, they'll get the list of spaces that they want, they'll get the rough size of those spaces and then they'll just start arranging rectangles on a page. So that might happen in an app, it might be done by hand, but the design becomes an exercise of sort of fitting all those rectangles angles and shapes into an orderly pattern and you know getting that all to work with in terms of the connections and within the building envelope that's allowed to fit on the site but you know it's developing the right design strategy first it can it can seriously change the amount that your project will cost to build or renovate sometimes by hundreds of thousands of dollars It's why your budget is such a key part of those first conversations and thoughts that you're having about your design. And it's why it can be a great indicator of what options are actually available to you when you're building or renovating. So design strategy is, it's not about the layout of the floor plan. It's actually about what approach or what method of renovating or building is going to suit your budget and your needs the best way before you start designing. So that design strategy helps you shape the idea and the approach so that you then design more productively. So for example, if you're building new and you have a particular budget with a particular list of things that you want in your future home, then it can be quite straightforward to figure out what the rough overall size of your future home will be. And a design strategy will then look at that total budget, that total floor area, the specific nature of your site and what that site those site conditions might mean for how costly construction might be and then it'll work out what type of design and builder you need to work with. Now if you barrel forward on a custom design home approach and you only talk to builders who do a few homes per year you may find that all your design wishes are completely beyond your budget 
Or alternatively, if your site has particular constraints, but you are hoping to work with a volume builder, you may find that they just want to flatten the site, put in really large retaining walls everywhere so that they can build the way that they always do. Now, the same applies for renovating as well. So the existing home speaks volumes about what's going to be the best, the most affordable approach to renovating or extending. And so many don't take this into account uh, in terms of thinking about what existing work might need to be done or whether it makes sense to change roof forms to extend the home. And so old homes, they can be a complete Pandora's box. And if your renovation involves pulling apart the existing home to reshape it and to add to it and to rework it overall, you can find that you experience lots of unexpected surprises and high construction costs as well. So the more one-off, the more labour intensive, the more risky the work is, then the higher the construction cost is going to be. Now, there are so many ways to skin a cat, as they say, when it comes to building and renovating your home and there are so many different ways that the spaces and the rooms that you want can be wrapped up in a finished building and these design strategies are really critical and when they're when they're actually shaped up front they are all about risk mitigation they're all about choosing the right people to work with the best approach to take and the most affordable way to deliver that home that you're dreaming of. Now, inside Home Design Masterclass, I've actually created a special lesson on design strategy because getting started in the right way is so key to saving huge amounts of money in your project or your project even being possible at all. And in this training, I share my own methods for establishing the best approach to any project. So you can also watch how this advice has applied to different project types and what it can mean for saving time and money in your build. It's it's just amazing when you start to see this being implemented, how significantly it can change how long a project's going to take, your approvals that you might require, the budget and the way it's going to be spent overall, the complications of the build. Like it's it's about being strategic about how you go along the design route and process. And so having that design strategy in place up front is really, really critical for smoothing the design path overall. So that's why I've included the training in Home Design Masterclass. Now, the second big and missing factor in many design processes is actually a site investigation. And so by this, I don't mean a survey or a visit to the site to see its physical nature. I actually mean a site investigation that helps you understand what the site has to offer, what its constraints or its limitations are, and how its features can be used to add value and experience to your future home. Now, all of these things are then helpful in you understanding what you're going to need to manage in order to create a home that works for that site. So understanding this will mean examining your site to identify things such as how the sun moves across it or how cooling breezes move in summer, warming breezes move in winter, where big storms come from, you know, are there any overland flow paths, things that you need to be aware of and how water moves across or around the site. Where are the views that you want to capture and promote versus the views that you want to minimise or cut off altogether? Some of the best designs that I've seen actually create surprise and delight through how they capture the views, the breezes and the light in the most special and beautiful ways. And this can only happen through a really intimate understanding of the site. And that intimate understanding is created through investigation and examination of the site itself. Now, of course, making most of what's naturally available in light and breezes is going to help you cool and warm your home with the things that you have free access to, so sunlight and natural ventilation. This 
this should be a priority for every home design. It's not good enough anymore just to design your home how you want it and then manage your heating and cooling just by installing air conditioning. It's actually possible to naturally heat and cool your home and it starts with designing your home for your site's specific and unique site conditions. Now, whenever I design a home, it's actually the site that tells me how the rooms need to be laid out. If the constraints of the site don't permit that layout, then I need to know how to arrange the windows, the volumes and the roof forms to capture the light and the breezes to compensate for the site itself. Now, if you're worried about all the options and possibilities available to you when you're designing your home, understanding and investigating your site is a surefire way to narrow down what's going to be the best layout and design. Now, what I see is that homeowners and design professionals who don't do site investigations, they're often designing from the inside out rather than the outside in. And this means that you actually miss a huge opportunity to make your home truly feel great, as well as be low cost to run and not putting a big energy load on the planet either. Now, look, Because understanding this is so important, in Home Design Masterclass, I provide a pre-course bonus that outlines what you need to know about orientation and the natural assets of your site. And then in module one, I actually take you through mud mapping and master planning to help you relate your design ideas to your specific site. So this will help you do this level of investigation. And whether you're building or renovating, this approach is going to help you design from the outside to the inside and then tailor your home and its design solution to your specific location and site conditions and it was amazing to see with members how this actually then simplified their thinking from there on in because they had this framework these boundaries around what was going to work it then makes all of the other decision making so much more streamlined now the third big thing that's missing from many design approaches is the way that homeowners actually investigate their own needs and wants and then investigate how they go about communicating them. Now, I'd love you to be patient with me as I explain this because in this, I'm actually straddling both a practical conversation and an ethical one. Now, there's an author, Brian Tracy, who wrote a book called Eat the Frog. And in this, uh, this, this Brian Tracy said this, he said, Mark Twain once said that if the first thing you do each morning is to eat a live frog, you can go through the day with the satisfaction of knowing that that's probably the worst thing that is going to happen to you all day long. Your frog is your biggest, most important task, the one you are most likely to procrastinate on if you don't do something about it. Now, I I actually learned this idea very early in uh, Undercover Architect, and I've used this eat the frog approach a lot in my life and business since then. So in that spirit, I'm actually going to have my most difficult conversation with you first, and I'm going to talk about the ethical issues around how I see homeowners thinking about their needs and their wants. Look, this is the first podcast that I'm actually recording after the new year of 2020. I did a bunch of batching of podcasts to get us through the Christmas holiday season. And meanwhile, across that period, Australia... Uh, you know, hit one of its most challenging times as a nation. It continues to go through this experience uh, with unprecedented fires that we've been experiencing. You know, my family, we dealt with it on a personal small scale in November. We had fires that were about 14 kilometres away and we prepped our house and ourselves for evacuation, you know, very nervously watching the fires app and the wind directions, getting news that, you know, friends nearby were being evacuated. And 
we were very fortunate in the end to not have to, uh, thanks to the efforts of incredible firefighters and the weather actually working in our favour. And I still actually have all of the things that I packed together. They're uh, still in a pile ready to take in case anything happens because they keep telling us the fire season isn't over. We have had some beautiful rains that have definitely helped things out, um, but there are still fires burning. So, you know, if you or anyone that you know has been impacted by these fires, please get in touch with me on hello at undercoverarchitect.com. I'd love to hear from you. At the moment, I'm actually working on with some incredibly clever people to uh, collaboratively work to put together some helpful information about rebuilding after disasters such as this one, and also to be able to build more resilient homes as well. So I'm really looking forward to being able to bring this information to you on the Undercover Architect platforms and to be able to provide help and education and information for you soon. And my heart goes out to anyone who's dealing with this situation. Um, it's, yeah, I, I just, uh, you're, you're in my thoughts and I send loads of love to you and your family. So, you know, this... This ethical conversation I'd like to have with those of you thinking about renovating or building and creating your home design is I want to really encourage you to think about your needs versus your wants. You know, I mentioned this idea at the end of an episode that I did with Francis Cosway on timber flooring and it just got slipped in at the end and, you know, some listeners actually got in touch with me because it really resonated with them when they heard it. And I'm really fortunate that the UA community, you know, just the most beautiful, clever, savvy people, you know, and you're really seeking to create homes that have meaning for you, that are functional, flexible, and really great living environments. And you care about orientation, you care about designing well, and I know how much effort you're investing in educating yourself about the decisions that are really going to matter. And, you know, many of you are super keen to create sustainable homes, however that looks for you, your budget and where you live, you're all trying to do the very best that you can. And so further to this, I really encourage you when you're talking about your home, when you're, you know, thinking and talking about what the things are that you are, you know, planning and designing for your home, that you take pause and examine your language. So what do I mean by this? Well, far too often, and I, I hear homeowners doing this a lot, we'll actually use the word need when we mean want. So I find that I'm doing this personally. I find, and I find too, that I'm getting my kids to reframe this a lot. You know, it was completely amped up in the pre-Christmas requests for presents, um, especially. And you'd actually hear me saying to the kids, no, no, you need oxygen. You need water. You need food. You need a place to sleep and feel safe. You need some love thrown in. You do not need whatever the latest gadget or, you know, whatever thing they were requesting. And I've noticed it in my own language as well. You know, I need to go to the shops and grab X. Um, I need to remember to order that thing online. Um, I need coffee. <laughs> I need wine. <laughs> um, but if you actually start playing with this idea of examining your language when you're talking about your future home, I think you'll actually find how it's really helpful in you being able to assess and order your priorities for it. And, you know, again, there are loads of options. There's so many things available. You're going to be presented with heaps and heaps of decisions that you're going to be required to make. So if you can question needs versus wants and really look at when you're using the word need instead of want, it can be really powerful in seeing what's actually required to make your homework and feel the way that you dream. 
And then what's icing on the cake? You know, what is the potential candidate for budget saving or space saving or what what are you able to rethink or rework or reframe or even let go of completely in the process of working through your home design? You know, I've said in the past, I don't actually believe that it's possible to create the perfect home only the perfect home for you. And what I've seen time and time again is that all of those things that might feel like compromises or sacrifices in the process of creating your future home, they're often signposts that actually help you determine what you truly value and what you hold important in the type of environment that you want to create and live in with your family. So needs versus wants, just examine your language, be aware, see if it helps you or reorder and assess your priorities as you're working through your home design and choices. Now, I said there was also a pragmatic side to this conversation when it comes to thinking about your home design. And that's just the simple process of working out what spaces you want and how they are best arranged and connected. And then how big or small things can or should be in order to work well. So it can be difficult if you're going it alone or you're working with a less experienced designer to really have this process interrogated well. When I've worked with homeowners, you know, there's a lot of initial conversation that's really about questioning assumptions and really about testing what are the deal breakers, the must-haves, really trying to pull out the true meaning behind what is being asked for in the list of rooms and functions. There's a lot of toing and froing, a lot of challenging ideas, and it's really essential that you have this process of questioning around what things you're wanting in your home and a way of assessing how you're going to build in flexibility and adaptability to these spaces and rooms so that they can anticipate your needs in the future and support your life over the long term. Now, getting dimensions right, that can be super key in helping the home work well and feel great, even if it's a compact home. And I see homeowners really struggle with this as they're not sure how to best size things or what they can push and pull to make things work overall. And I've seen homeowners working with designers and they've been really frustrated that the designer actually hasn't facilitated a more thorough process or really expanded the ideas or list of things that the homeowner is asking for. You know, I've actually had homeowners sadly say to me, you know, they just drew up what we were asking them to draw and we didn't, you know, we didn't expect that. We thought they'd do more. And unfortunately, you know, some designers, that's just how they design. They'll just say to you, okay, what do you want? And get you to write out a list of things and then they'll just deliver a home with those things in it that fits your site. They don't question you, they don't challenge you, they don't expand thinking, um, they don't use their experience about, you know, what works or what doesn't work in order to really kind of really elicit from you what's going to be the best solution for what you're asking. You know, for me, I think a designer's role is to always be reading between the lines and giving you that really qualitative response to all of the quantitative things that you're asking for. And, you know, it's really hard when a designer doesn't work with you in that way. And worst of all, you know, when designers won't guide you or highlight if the design's actually going to be over budget or if it's going to be constructible, that's just, you know, that's just, yeah, it's not great. So inside Home Design Masterclass, I've actually put in there several tools that are going to help you do this better. So there's my brief builder, which is a document that asks you a range of questions to help you create your brief or your wish list, your communication toolkit for your fruit, for your future home. So I've seen homeowners find this really fantastic in ordering their priorities and also in getting on the same page as their partner too and getting really clear about what the big picture goals are for their future home. Now, I've also included my recommend dimensions for each space, both from an overall size and layout. 
And then I've also got detailed dimensions for various uh, spaces as well. So in Home Design Masterclass, throughout the modules, I actually take you through each room and space of the home. And then I tell you what to focus on for it to work really well, how to think about its relationship to other spaces in the home, where you might want to cut off connections or arrange your floor plan to make things feel really great and mistakes that you can avoid in the layout and arrangement of them and detailed dimensions and nitty gritty stuff that's really going to make sure that they work functionally and that you can get things sized properly so that they work. Now, there's also, and this is this is one of actually my most favorite parts of Home Design Masterclass, there's an incredible bonus of my plan book for both new homes and renovations. So these are downloadable PDF books that are full of my own house designs that I've done over the past five and a half years in Undercover Architect. So it's hard to actually share, like it's hard to really, uh, I suppose, identify the true value of this. It's, you know, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of design fees on thousands, well, yeah, millions of dollars worth of property really. So you can access that for your inspiration and guidance in your own home. Of course, you can't just completely replicate floor plans in there. They're all copyrighted. But sometimes just being able to see how specific rooms are arranged, how family bathrooms are planned, how master suite might be planned, how kitchen, living, dining. There's so many different ways that you can combine rooms both together and then within a home overall. And you can see all of those there. They're all dimensioned and furnished and, you know, really demonstrate some great ideas for you. Now, of course, if you join me during the live round of Home Design Masterclass and you access my one-to-one help, then I provide personalized reviews to help you improve your floor plan and to answer your questions along the way. There's lots more help to totally nail your floor plan design. That's what Home Design Masterclass is all about. So I'm just going to remind you what those three missing things, those three main investigations, when they're left out of the design process, they're going to really limit what's possible in creating a home that works and feels great. So the first investigation is not establishing the best design strategy to approach your new home or renovation project with. The second is not doing a proper site investigation that explores and understands the natural assets of the site, such as orientation, breezes, views, and site features. And the third investigation is not having a process for assessing your needs and wants, or a decent method for communicating them to those who'll be working with you to create your future home. So if you are designing your home without an architect, or perhaps you're even planning on using one, but you're wanting to be sure that they're doing their job well, then it's great for you to get informed and educated about the process of home design so that you can be super savvy, you can be a you know an involved and invested client and you can feel confident as your floor plan design takes shape. So as I said at the beginning, if you're listening to this episode at or near its time of release, be sure to check out the free five-day home design challenge that I'm running at the moment. It's going to give you some great tools and information for getting started on your home design, whether you're working with a professional or not. And you can find that at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash challenge. And I'll pop that link in the show notes as well. And if you're keen to learn my methods for floor plan design, plus get my help and support in creating or honing the design that you or someone else has done for your new home or renovation, then be sure to check out Home Design Masterclass. The live round is kicking off next week and there's limited availability on the spots available. So head to howtodesignahome.com for more information, to read what other members have thought of the program and to see the various ways that you can join. There's a few different levels of access. 
Next time, we're going to be jumping back into our interior design basics season. And I'm going to be sharing a fantastic conversation that I had with Andrea Lucina Orr. So Andrea is the colour and communications manager for the Dulux group. And we're talking about all the incredible colour forecasting that Dulux do each year. And in particular, the 2020 colour forecast that they've developed. It's a stunning collection of colours. And Andrea has some brilliant advice to share on choosing colours, being confident about colour in your home generally. She's got amazing advice. So be sure to tune in. As always, a huge thank you, so much gratitude to you for letting me be your secret ally. I'm so excited about the year ahead. So many things planned. (laughs) He's doing amazing 2020. And uh, yeah, thanks for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time.